Well, we've been talking for a long time about how the markets were looking for a stimulus deal from the United States. Now we've got it. Well, it needs to pass through the House, the Senate and over the President's desk, but that's all expected to happen today. But any enthusiasm has been overshadowed by the increased spread of COVID-19 and fears over the impact of this new variant. The pound has been taking a hit today. UK travellers have been blocked from at least 40 countries. And Brexit? Well, Boris Johnson has been on TV saying there's nothing wrong with the WTO agreement. What a Christmas. It's Tuesday, the 22nd of December, 2020. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar peaked up over 1% earlier. It's paired back most of that now, but it's still uh, about a quarter percent up. The pound has been hit the hardest, even though it's recovered a little ground. It's still 1.2% down on yesterday. The euro is down 0.2%. The Aussie dollar uh, has lost 0.6% after a fairly uh, rocky day as well, down below 75.8 US cents now. US equities have had big falls. The S&P 500 fell more than 1%. It's still about 0.6% down, 0.3% down for the NASDAQ. The Dow was down over over 0.4%, although it's managed to climb back a little on yesterday now. Uh, with this rise in virus numbers, no surprise perhaps that the airlines have taken a big hit. American Airlines down 3.6% today. The biggest fall, though, uh, has been in the UK as far as indices are concerned. The FTSE 100 down 1.7%. It was down 3% at one stage. The IA, it's talk, talking about airlines, the IAG group, the airline group, which includes British Airways, lost 10% today, and it's still 8% down. And the DAX uh, still down 2.8%. The CAC aren't down. 2.4%. Compared to all that, a fairly small movement in government bonds, except in the UK again, where there was a four basis point fall in 10-year gilts, down to 0.2% now, although it was... Uh below 0.1%, uh, 1.8% earlier. And Aussie 10-year bond yields down three basis points as well. And there's been a big fall in oil, WTI crude, down almost 4%, because maybe, just maybe, we won't be flying so much after all. So uh, this is probably our last podcast of the year, but never say die. Uh, Ray Actual joins me, head of FX strategy at, uh, at NAB in Sydney. Uh, all things being equal, we would have expected it to be a bit risk on today, wouldn't we? Because there's an agreement has been reached for that $900 billion pandemic relief bill in the United States. Uh, but it seems that's been overtaken somewhat by events. This new strain of COVID-19 in the UK seems to have upset markets just about everywhere, hasn't it? Yes, indeed. It does. Morning, Phil. And uh, yes, a pretty, pretty sort of grim night overall. And uh, not, not the day we want to be recording our last podcast of the year. But um, no. I do think that's the story. I mean, I, to some extent, I think the, you know, towards the end of last week, um, confidence in the passage of a new fiscal relief plan was running pretty high. So I think it to some extent, it's, it's a classic case of buy the rumour last week and and maybe sell the fact, although I think the reality is that this is really all to do with latest virus developments, and in the UK especially. So obviously, mm. we've also got no um, positive news as yet on Brexit, but I do think that um, you know the news of uh, Tier 4 lockdowns affecting almost a third of the UK population and obviously the, the publicity globally for um, you know the new variant of the uh, the COVID nineteen virus, and it's uh, um, you know what it's seventy percent increased sort of infection infectionability, yeah. or whatever the word is. Forty yeah, forty countries have now banned arrivals from the UK, uh, and obviously they've got all those strict quarantine rules for London and the southeast as, as well. Uh, and that you know that lockdown, for, they can't can't get food in and out of the UK via France. So uh, with the roll on roll off rate has been blocked for for forty eight hours. Uh, and those case numbers, I mean, the, the last seven days in the UK, 55% up on uh, on the seven days previously and an 
an increase in people uh, admitted in hospital. I think maybe the concern for some people is maybe this, this new strain of this virus isn't just in the UK and it's already in other places. They're just the first ones to spot it. Well, the New South Wales um, you know, medical chief mm. already said yesterday that it has been uh, it has been identified in Australia. They think that is via um, people that have come in from the UK or elsewhere uh, are in quarantine. So there's no evidence that it's, it's, it exists in the community, at least. But I think three or four other countries are also uh, saying that, um, you know, that they've discovered that new variant as well. But um, you know, on the positive side, the politicians, at least, are telling us that, um, you know, it's not more serious in terms of, of how it impacts people, but also no reason to think that the, um, you know, the viruses, but the vaccines, sorry, being rolled out are any, uh, are any less effective. But um, presumably mm. only time will tell whether that is the case. But um, yes, but all up, it, uh, as you said in the intro, um, oil is really the, the you know, probably the asset market that is showing the biggest impact of that, as you would expect, not just because airlines being grounded, but, you know, what this means for mobility more generally in, in the coming weeks and months. So, um, yeah. you know, and some of the moves that we've seen across currencies in particular, obviously reflect, you know, that the much weaker commodity store, so it's not just oil, if I look at things like copper and aluminium, which have really been on a on a tear, haven't they? Particularly since news of the of the vaccine in early November, um, we've got copper off one nearly two percent, and aluminium also off nearly two percent. So um, clearly, I think there's a bit of a reality biting here about. Um, you know, we've all been feeding off the, the, the view of the sunny uplands of 2021 with vaccine yeah. rollouts and economic reopening. And now that there's a severity of, of the current situation, I think, has, has yeah. come back to And bite. even though, you know, we're getting good news, aren't we? I mean, Boris Johnson gave a press conference uh, a few hours ago, uh, which was full of more bad news. But uh, the positive news was half a million people have now had their vaccine shot in the, in the UK. Uh, Europe's regulator has approved the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine as well, so it's starting to get rolled out there. So all of that is is good news, but, you know, insignificant compared to the bad news, I guess. So let's tell me about the, the Aussie situation. Now, the Aussie dollar is down today. I know that's not really because of the infections that we've seen on the northern beaches, but there are concerns that it's it's uh, possibly spread a little. It may, it may have made its way to the uh, to the central coast on the... Uh, on the ferry, uh, so um, but you know the Kiwi dollar's down 0.7 percent this morning, so it's actually down more than the Aussie dollar. So it's not hitting the currency, is it? But is is there a concern that it could? could I mean, could it extend to the you know to the level that we saw in Melbourne? Could New South Wales face a, a similar lockdown? Well, I'm trying to be as dispassionate as I can here with my two kids in lockdown in the northern beaches and not knowing whether yeah. um, we're going to spend Christmas together. So, um, but, you know, it certainly looks as though the, um, you know, the, the efforts of, of northern beaches residents in terms of the whole, um, you know, tracking and tracing, uh, you know, we got some pretty positive news, you'd have to say, yesterday with only 15 new infections down from 30 yeah. the day before. And uh, everybody in Sydney keenly awaiting the guidance from the New South Wales government, which they're promising at some stage on Wednesday to know whether or not they can relax those restrictions. But um, I think just worth putting in perspective the, the whole population of the northern beaches, which by and large is where the um, infection has been, uh, you know, has been contained to. And within that, just one small, a relatively small suburb, Avalon, in, in the far north of the northern beaches, population is about 280,000. So that's a little over 1% of the Australia-wide population to put that in um, the context of Victoria, where you know Melbourne's uh, population of, of over five million represents nearly twenty percent of the Australian mm. population. So, in the macro sense of things, um, you know we're not looking at anything like the economic hit, obviously, that Victoria 
has suffered, yeah. and uh, and as you, as you note, and um, you know, if you look at the Australian so dollar, if you look at the Australian dollar against the New Zealand dollar, it's actually up. So the trend yeah. that we've seen in the last um, week or two has has actually been, or a couple of weeks, has actually been extended. So that tells you that the weakness of the Aussie is much more to do with the broader risk off tone and the slippage in commodity prices than anything to do with the um, what's happening in the northern well, beaches. Look, you know, and if it's going to happen anywhere, and if, if people on the northern beaches are told not to leave the northern beaches, that's fine because they never do anyway do they i mean it's the it's not called the insulin peninsula for for you know for, without good reason um well, tell that tell that to my kids who've got their christmas oh. presents tucked under the tree in uh, the north shore rather than the northern beaches i'm not sure they'd agree with you on that um, one yeah all right okay now look uh, let's talk very briefly about brexit <laughs> boris johnson gave a press conference about the virus a couple of hours ago and uh, the fact that you know all these countries are not accepting flights from the uk uh, he was asked about brexit and he said the situation's unchanged uh, there are problems he said the UK needs to keep control of its own laws and its own fisheries. Uh, not that we don't want a deal, he said, but the uh, WTO would be entirely satisfactory, he said. St- and still plenty of time, of course. We've got five working days after four and a half years. But we've got the, te- uh, the Telegraph in the UK reporting that Parliament is preparing to sit next Wednesday if there is a Brexit deal. Is that the way you think it's going to work out? Um, would you bet against something happening at 11.59 on the 31st of December? I must say that I wouldn't at this stage. Um, and I think as, as Rodrigo mentioned yesterday, and Gavin has been saying consistently, um, it's almost a case of, of, of don't watch what they say, let's watch what they do. And that the uh, you know the public rhetoric, particularly coming from the UK side, which you'd have to say has been you know less positive consistently, hasn't it, in recent weeks than, than that coming out of Brussels. Um, you know, I still think sort of belies the truth that, that the political will in the UK to get something done. Um, you know, all the more so, of course, given the uh, you know the current situation with the virus. I, I still think he's going to he's going to carry the day. But yeah. um, as you say, certainly the rhetoric and then Boris Johnson talking about it's not just fishing; it's about control of our laws as well. So there's still quite a lot of uh, of wrinkles to be ironed out there in the coming days. But um, may well go all the way down to the wire. Yeah, and if if there is a deal, how positive is it going to be for the pound? And what is going to be the market reaction? Given that you know we we saw a fairly muted response to. Uh, getting the fiscal stimulus deal sorted out in the United States because it was overweighed by you know what's happening with the virus. Could it could it be a similar story with Brexit? You know, Brexit all of a sudden strangely is a bit of a side story. The main event is COVID nineteen. Well, it could be another case of you know the the, the, the sterling market foreign exchange market has been buying the rumor. Um, you know, we've been saying mm-hmm. for months that if uh, on news of a deal we would see the dollar sterling exchange rate up to one thirty five initially. We've already been one thirty five um, late last week, um, but then extending little further and in the context of of US dollar weakness I think that allows for some more upside so um, yes yeah, so I take the point and, and certainly the reaction to the US fiscal stimulus bill would uh, you know is evidence of that but um, if we do get news of that deal and if it is on the 31st of December which is a Friday I would still expect markets in the first week of January uh, to see the dollar sterling exchange rate pushing on above 135 and if we really are in uh, Australia style meaning WTO rules on the 4th of January um, I think sterling will be you know we could be down at 125 and falling so that's been our view consistently mm. and um, no reason to change but uh, but yes I think a lot of the uh, the positivity around a deal is, is priced into markets but I think there is still scope for um, for more upside and certainly in our foreign exchange forecasts we've got the dollar sterling exchange rate moving up to to the 140 area in the first quarter of next year, but obviously predicated on a deal. 
So the fiscal stimulus deal in the United States has got to pass uh, uh, through Parliament, hasn't it, to, today? It's got to pass through the House and the Senate and then over the U.S. president's desk. But Steve Mnuchin uh, saying this morning the stimulus bill uh, will go will take the U.S. through the recovery. Direct payments are going to be sent to Americans next week. It's a very fast way of getting money into the economy. So maybe there will be a bit more of a delayed positive response perhaps yes quite possibly and then the key elements i think from the market point of view is that um you know one-off stimulus checks i think of, of, of six hundred dollars per uh, per household but means tested but yeah. um you know the three hundred dollar um you know pandemic unemployment insu- uh, assurance for those that are not eligible for normal unemployment benefits that was a, a key kind of sort of semi-fiscal cliff i think that uh, that was really going to be a concern if uh, there was a big drop in household income so they both seem to have been avoided together with help the small businesses so obviously the residual concern is that um you know the package really you know means that if the fed wants to to, to roll out at short notice a new sort of emergency lending program and obviously the you know the 450 odd billion dollars um provision in the cares act this year for um that, uh, that allowed the Fed to buy corporate bonds to shore up the credit markets, albeit they only bought 20 or $30 billion, but it, the fact the backstop existed had a, an, an enormously cathartic effect in shoring up credit markets. That is gone um, and requires congressional approval. So um, let's hope that you know, we don't get to the point where we need to test exactly what that means in practice, but um, it is something that does have the potential to, uh, to, take, some of the, uh, to take some of the gloss off, off of uh, off the new plan. But uh, for the time being, I think the positives mm. are seen to be outweighing those, uh, those concerns, but they may come back if we see any signs of renewed stress in credit markets next year. That's when the rubber will hit the road, and it, it is a course of concern. Now, I'm not really sure how much uh, data matters today. Just before Christmas, there's a bit to squeeze in. We get Aussie retail sales numbers today, uh, which should be good news. I guess it depends on uh, what follows with the Sydney outbreak, but we assume that you know the, the picture is still positive in the United States. We get the US Conference Board, Consumer Confidence Reading, Home Sales, the Richmond Fed Manufacturing Index. But uh, look, if the stimulus deal doesn't get the markets excited, then those numbers certainly won't, will they? <laughs> we just say that retail sales, uh, I think it will be a some importance, but looking at the range of economist estimates here, they range from less than 1% to above 7%. So <laughs> the only thing I'll say with confidence is the 2% median economist view, um, I'll bet you that will be wrong. Right. <laughs> but which way, I don't know. All right. Okay. And then uh, your final GDP figure for the UK, that certainly doesn't matter because that's been overtaken by events. And, and similarly, I guess, with German consumer confidence. So look, I mean, uh, and that, just very briefly, I mean, we, we haven't talked a great deal about this, this souring relationship between China and Australia, but I noticed today uh, that uh, Australia has taken it to the WTO the, uh, over the, uh, the the tariffs on barley. I mean, could that be a story for the beginning of next year that we uh, that we need to pay more attention to that that worsening relationship. Um, it, it is going to be a story as we go through the year, uh, as we've been saying in our research missives. I think um, you know we're still assuming that iron ore will be off limits. Mm. As long as that's the case, then uh, the link between you know improving terms of trade and then the Australian dollar, I think, remains intact. The worry as and when borders reopen, but that is looking a more distant prospect, isn't it? At the moment, what happens to things like education and tourism yeah. exports? from Australia to China, uh, that has the potential to have a much bigger macro impact than anything that's happened today, as, as tragic as that is for the affected industry. So that's something for, um, realistically, not before the second half of next year. Looking to really desperately to find a, a positive note to end on. It's very hard today, isn't it, really? Except it is Christmas. We've got to celebrate. And look, you know, for your, your kids on the on the northern beaches, just imagine they could be uh, surrounded by uh, a wet, dismal London in a one-bedroom flat, not able to go anywhere. 
So there we go on that cheery thought, <laughs> and, and thank you to uh, to all of our listeners yeah. for this year, and uh, wish them all the very best for the festive season in what are obviously trying circumstances for many. All right, okay, we'll catch you again next year. Thanks, Ray. Thanks, Phil. And just remember to keep smiling. We are definitely back five days a week from January the 11th, but we may may well be back a week before uh, for a one-off just to look at the Georgia Senate runoffs on uh, January the 5th and to give you an update on Brexit because deal or no deal, it will have happened by then. Till then, enjoy the break. Stay safe. As I say, keep smiling, whatever's thrown at you. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Thanks for listening this year. Listener.